We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about I go ahead and address the larger than average elephant in the room? No, I have never coached the sport that you folks call football. And heck, you could fill two internets with what I don't know about football. <laughs> Hold on now. If I were to get fired from a job where I'm putting cleats in the trunk of my car. You got the boot for putting boots in the boot. <laughs> I love that. You know what the happiest animal on earth is? It's a goldfish. You know why? No. Got a 10-second memory. Be a goldfish, Sam. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. I am your host, Kyle Banduho, and we are at another episode of our Ted Lasso recap, season three, episode seven. Uh, what a what a heater. I'll get into it in the episode, but this one felt a lot like season one, season two vibes to me. Uh, Alex is here. Caroline is here. Joining us for the first time, the Athletics' Nicole Auerbach, so... A lot, uh, lot of fun in this one. Before we get into it, I want to shout out our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, especially our Big Chill producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Ager, Mike Drews, Chris Mikoski, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, Stephen DeBoe, Dan McFall, Kevin Inkleman, Mac Lindsay, Kurt Ritchie, Robert Dove, Jim Scroggs, Andrew Teagle, and Classic Stadium Fire. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons. It is eternally humbling how long that takes me to read now. I'm very grateful for all the patrons supporting the show. If you want to support the show, Go to patreon.com slash big screen sports. You get these episodes early, you get them ad free, get some other stuff. Go check out the Patreon. Uh, with that, let's jump right into it. Ted Lasso, season three, episode seven. All right, joining me tonight on Big Screen Sports to recap season three, episode seven of Ted Lasso. It is my co-host from For the Win and Bet for the Win, Alex McDaniel and Caroline Darney. And joining us for the first time, I'm so excited from the athletic Nicole Auerbach. Guys, are the Greyhounds back? We're back, baby. We're back. Baby! <laughs> I am so excited this to is be exciting. you guys. I feel like I finally made it. It's a big step. Uh, you you probably won't feel that way in like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes is a little generous, but we'll take it. It is. We'll take it. It is. Um, let's all let's all shout out, shout out the content. Alex Caroline, what kind of content are we are we looking at? All the at right content. Now? It's, it's all there. Me. So all much the content. content. NFL draft, new Black Mirror trailer dropped today. <laughs> Ooh. And that looked terrifying and exactly what I expected. So Some excited about the that. Negative Ted Lasso content coming out soon, right? Ooh. Is, isn't Ooh. Brian writing about, or would he, was he just, that was just his opinion. That was just his opinion. He's a, one of our, one of our writers. So, 
All the men on our staff hate the show. Don't like Caroline the season. Caroline is, is leaking the slack. Yeah. Like, have soon. always hated the show or just like no, hated just season? Not right now. So of the group of people at For the Win who watch the show, all of the men hate it. They're like, there's too much going on. Yes. It's not yeah. what I want to see. They don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> and then all the girls who like it, aka me and Caroline. <laughs> and I'm like, this is every episode. I'm like, no, this is now the best episode. <laughs> I love this season. And I feel like, because a lot of the complaints are like, it's too disjointed. There's too many storylines. And I'm like, I kind of see how, it, I mean, there's a few things where I'm like, okay, I would like to see, Ke- I would love to see more scenes of like Keely back in the clubhouse, like yes, doing same. the PR pitches with the boys. Mm-hmm. Like that's, they thrive in that. Like, I love that. But I also, it hasn't ruined anything for me that she, because a lot of people, like, a couple of guys are like, oh, the whole storyline feels like fluff. Like, why are we even, like, why send her to her own PR company? Like, the whole thing, like, feels like her story stagnated. I can kind of, but I've loved this season. And I think that all the, when you have an ensemble cast, because then if they didn't do stuff with, you know, then you'd say, like, well, so-and-so isn't getting enough shine. So I don't know. I think they've done a good job. I love it. I'm proud of us for not even getting to the point where we can ask Nicole what she's got going on at the athletic before we dive in. We <laughs> just straight we in. Never change. Yeah, sorry. We never change. Wow, you we're guys told no. Real quick, you guys told me that you were sticklers for the rundown for the outline. <laughs> that was a lie. It's a very serious operation. Quickly, I was bamboozled. Yeah. Bamboozled in yes. my preparation. <laughs> for this podcast um things are good at the athletic i am mostly covering spring meetings for college football and cfp meetings but also on my podcast this week power hour i have some of my interviews with the cast of ted lasso which basically the bar to clear to be invited on your guys show was to interview most of the cast (laughs) that's not ted lasso that is definitely true that's but that did true. happen this week. So 50, it's 50% week. of this podcast has now talked to Cristo Fernandez and <laughs> Kyle and I are in the sad 50%. Me, me and Caroline are just, nope. <laughs> um, I actually, she got, Nicole got a cheerio from Phil the Dunster. one and only Phil Dunster, which is. Yes, I, oh. I did. It's it, cheerio mate and a little like like a hand wave like oh how could you you know like it was, it's adorable. I'll, you you doll. Know, I, Kyle, Kyle, I will send you. The audio, you can try to splice it into this show if you're technologically savvy enough. Because it's Ooh, really delightful. I had to clip it out <laughs> it separately. Is. It's it's adorable. Well, it's been a blast to watch him, to watch him grow. I think it's been the best character arc. So, Phil, I've got to go. Time is up. But thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, mate. Cheerio. And he's going to teach Alex how to ride a bike now. So <laughs> he He did say... He did say that um, he had never taught an adult or a child how to ride a bike before, and that it was very funny to watch Brett Goldstein de-learn, like remind his brain not to know how to ride a bicycle. I thought that was a great tidbit. Yeah. Well, everyone go check that out. Uh, I have nothing to promote. Um, (laughs) You know, just keep listening to the show. I I will say I will be... um, we will be lighting the show on fire if the Cowboys trade up trade Jaff collateral collateral to go up and get a running back. I will, I will cease to exist on this planet. So um, (laughs) anyways, Ted Lasso season three, episode seven. I'm calling this the episode formerly known as boxes or the strings that bind us because they had called it boxes. They then did not call it boxes. 
and they both titles fit. Uh, the Greyhounds try a new strategy that has everyone thinking outside the box. Boxes even in the summary. <laughs> Sam prepares to host a VIP guest at Ola's. Guys, what is the what's the biggest takeaway? What are the, I, again? I think this season more than the others has been segmented, and we have certain themes. What is Caroline? What is the biggest takeaway from this episode? Well, I think this one is Ted slash like Coach Ted slash the Greyhounds are back, baby. Like Greyhounds are back. It was a really fun episode too because you can't you can't have them get all the way back at once. I think they did a really really great job of them being a complete mess for the first half against Arsenal. And then they were like, figured out courtesy of Jamie Tart being a dick. Um, actually, that's the theme of this episode. It's dicks. It's dicks. Uh, dick ropes. Yeah, but, um, and it's once again proved to us that it's actually not a rom-com. It is a show about fathers and sons, folks. It is a show about fathers Say and sons. Say it like right or it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Rec Thompson voice, or you can't talk about fathers and sons. <laughs> I don't do you, know if I do actually you have know a what right he's. Thompson, I, do, no, I, know, I just don't know if I know what he sounds like. I can't. Jason it's Kirk like, could do it better. It's do like it, grizzled, gravelly. Fathers and sons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does not like, sound like gra- that at all. <laughs> gravel Southern. <laughs> okay, I'll do. Is he a Mississippi guy, Alex? He's absolutely a Mississippi guy. He's from the Delta, yeah, lives in Oxford. Does yeah. he have the Cornbread Volume 7? Biscuits he, Volume he, 7? His writing has been in probably every Cornbread Nation anthology, actually. Love it. See? Um, perfect so, fit. Look at that. Shaking hands. So um, I think that Caroline stole my idea because I also think this is about dads. <laughs> but I was reading some stuff as I was preparing because I also did get to interview James Lance, who is Trent Krim who I did almost accidentally just call Trent, which that felt <laughs> like a mistake. Love it. This was this was my first, you know, press junket. And it was a very easy mistake to make, especially because I did not know his name prior. But I was reading about his backstory that he invented for himself about why Trent was so horrible, like right in the beginning and trying to be mean to Ted and kind of gotcha. And obviously we saw that flashback with, with him and, and Roy later. And he made this whole backstory about how, you know, he just had this terrible father. And he mentioned it when we talked this week and he was saying how like Jason Sudeikis immediately was like, yeah, that's exact. That's great. Like this whole show is about bad dads. And Sam's dad is the opposite of a bad dad. He is the best dad. He is all of our dads. I love him so much already. Every single word he said, I adored um, and so I think that this was the first time in a long time that we've seen like a really great father figure. And I felt like that was one of the main takeaways. Obviously there was a lot about like the team building. We like, we've been seeing the team chemistry come back and I loved the scene in the locker room where they were all kind of like tossing the water bottle, like tossing all the stuff back and forth, back and forth. Um, so the connectedness, obviously it was a theme named based on the title, but to me, like this, the, so many episodes of the show and the relationships are about father-son relationships. And so we've heard so much about Sam's dad, finally getting to see it, witness it, watch it all play out. 
Um, I, I think that was my my main takeaway. Guys, did you notice that we started to go off into a tangent about Wright Thompson and Cornbread Nation and Nicole brought us right back? <laughs> yeah, the podcast right is back. Why she's here. The podcast is hers now. <laughs> guys, guys, are you just gonna are you just gonna like hire me to do this for every yes. show? Yeah. It is it is yours. Okay. Get us back I'm on let me just as an aside, let me tell you we have a group text. I can't tell you how many times. We go off with this stuff. Nicole's always one who's like, okay, focus. We're bring talking it back. Okay, what well, were we just talking about? <laughs> well, usually it has to come back to Glenn Powell, but that is Glenn a separate. <laughs> just like this podcast. Just like this podcast. Literally just like this podcast. Yeah. See, she yeah, fits that's right what in. I'm here for. That's, but that's usually the main, the main topic. Like, that's the one we don't veer away from. That's true. Of course. Uh, Alex, is this, is this final form? For the Greyhounds, is Ted this implementation of total football? Jamie stepping up, playing, playing through him. Does Ted have any more like cards to pull, or is is this our team, and is this our strategy, and is this our mantra that is taking us through the the, I guess the finale of Ted Lasso? I mean, I think something they've been building toward that's certainly playing out now, and Trent got so excited about it is like there's kind of been this underlying message the whole series, right? That if Ted does enough stuff behind the scenes to bring everyone together and to make people be there for each other and make people understand what it means to work with other people at the same time, that it will succeed, right? And so much of this uh, season, I feel like the first part has been just so frustrating because we're all faced with the fact that like, dude, you can be as positive as you want, but you've got to get something together, right? Like, you know, you're not good at this. You're close to being fired. We all know he wants to move on, but I think they've certainly clicked. And I think there were a lot of things throughout the episode that showed, especially with Sam's restaurant, that they have gelled again as a team and they are there for each other um, and kind of understand what that role is. And so, you know, I'm excited to see the next episode, but also I'm not because I saw the preview and I'm worried it's going to be very dramatic. Mm, um, no. But yeah, I think things are going to, come together for them i mean look at jamie what was the, what was my nickname alex jamie will never be redeemed <laughs> i don't think i ever said never dear listener but if i did alex, i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> i can't believe that would even be a hot take we even saw jamie become better over the course of season one well i know be, that it was just the- that sound that feels out of character for you even though you can be dramatic and there were but, yeah. feelings involved. We were very yeah, sure, emotional sure. And, yeah. and angry about how he was treating people. I don't think I said um, never, though. I think I said, I think what I said, well, what I should have said, maybe, or how I actually feel is like, I'm I'm really interested to see how the writers kind of pull me out of how I feel about him. Because at that point in the season, I felt like we had sort of been pushed and pulled a little bit. And I liked that because I always thought the writing was just brilliant and how they pulled us through it. And it was kind of the same thing with Nate is like, even at the end yep. of the last season, we know Nate's going to be redeemed. We're on that journey. I'm more curious about how they're going to do it. So Big steps this week. I mean, yeah, we, we're, we're on that road right now. And that, that was what I was going to, I was going to shift to as a big takeaway and, and kind of something that was, that was on it really its own track. This episode is, is Nate. We learn a little bit more about his family. We finally, we meet his sister. We meet his Sister's niece a with star. the boxes. His sister oh, yeah. is a star. Um, we find Nicole. out his just saying <laughs> that's right. <laughs> just throwing it out there. We find out his his shitty dad was once kind of romantic, um, <laughs> which which is interesting. We had um throughout this going to be um dispersing some questions from our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, and Kurt Ritchie asked, "Was Nate learning that his dad had the same indecisiveness when he was younger? Turn turn it." Uh, start his turn for his comeback into being a good person. Was that the start or 
Is it, you know, I, I think it's been slowly but surely, but I think it was really interesting, Nate, getting in, again, like, an insight into his dad not being a shithead. I think it really showed... So, Nate has always been about approval and getting feedback that he's doing great that he like and not from the very beginning where people didn't remember his name but that was like what he thrived off of and where he has issues because like even when you go back to like the wonder kid stuff like his pictures on the back of the newspaper as his dad's reading it and his dad's not looking at it and like you know and then the only thing he has to say is isn't it wonder wonderkind um and so always striving to get the like attend approval of his dad and i think this was kind of like uh weakness in the dad's armor where it's like this guy who's always seemed so serious so put together so stiff had this thing this moment where he made this beautiful map to ask women out on a date um whether or not i'm i've go back and forth like both the box well you never saw what we did see was in the gift box like the box for jade um but imagine some guy like unfurls a map in front of you and like no like all these things i'd be like oh well, that's nice uh i'm single um <laughs> but i think it was um he had already started in some of those things like you saw just even in what i my favorite thing that nate did this episode was probably when he went back into the bathroom looked in the same mirror yeah. where he went the first time when he was trying to like get the guts up to say he wanted that table where he got so angry at himself he got angry at his own reflection spit on the mirror came out like boss people around he got what he wanted but mm -hmm. he did it in a way that was out of like character right and so this time he goes in there and he looks himself and he that's when he makes the decision to leave and like make the box and like go back into nate i thought and so i thought that was like the coolest my favorite part about the whole thing so i think it, the dad thing is just kind of a way that he gave himself permission to let some of this stuff go i think yeah i think too he also very much returned to his roots of making that box that he did in season one. And it was when he didn't care if he was going to get made fun of or, um, you know, Jamie put a piece of gum in there and like whatever. Right. But it's, he, he wasn't afraid of the big grand gesture. And while again, I'm with you, Caroline, I would not want someone to make a giant gesture like that. <laughs> I think it was better that it got run over and that yeah. Jay did not have to open this embarrassing declaration of love. Um, I think we are seeing that he is most comfortable at his favorite restaurant that's not fancy. Um, we, we saw him a lot more comfortable talking about this stuff with his mom and his sister than we've seen him comfortable talking about like anything in a long time. And it just like to me, it just it shows that he he missed those parts of him. And for as much as he thought he wanted to be famous and like everyone be talking about him and praising him, it, it like there was clearly an emptiness. And so I think it was just nice to see him return to some of the things that made him really, really, really happy back when he was a nobody when we first met him and everyone really was rooting for him. There's a, a patron question that I need I need Alex for because these are the kind of details <laughs> oh, that she God. picks up. Um, it's, so this is something that I thought too. Jacqueline didn't think so, but I thought possibly. And, and this patron asking this question made me think that I wasn't crazy. Zach Rich asked, is Nate's hair changing back to its original color? I, I was looking and I was like, hmm, maybe. There was some blonde going on, I noticed. So I'll have to go back and like look closely. So I've only watched it once then I watched the first 15 minutes again but um 
yeah, there's a little bit going on, but I don't know if it's lighting or what, but I did notice that. And I saw a few people today say something about it. I think that's like a little too on the nose that they're just going to totally revert it back. I mean, that's ridiculous to have this guy go totally great. Magic. Look at that. Um, but I do think like the subtle, um, you know, little subtle changes. I certainly think that's possible. Um, yeah. So I mean, it was I mean. not subtle at all when they went and made it. No. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I definitely life. think that that is possibility. <laughs> when she asked if there was anything alive in the box. <laughs> that was a good line. That was a good line. But I also just love that whole scene it was great because I was so worried that when he fell and embarrassed himself that he was going to give it up. Because that was a Nate that we had. That was a Nate that we knew. And when he like just dusted himself off and just said, I don't need the prop, essentially. Oh, I loved it. It was so sweet. And then when he thanked her for coming on the date. <laughs> Thank Jade, Jade is great though. Like she's, she's down for it. I've I've really enjoyed the Jade yeah. that, that they've kept implementing her. Yeah. Uh th- throughout the season. The, the me, him, when he was looking through the window was <laughs> Chef's kiss. Wonderful. Yeah. Well done by her. Yeah, you can tell Jade can ignore just a lot of nonsense, and I think that's a byproduct of working for Derek, who is a fucking idiot. Like she's just Jade. Jade knows when to just roll your eyes and keep cleaning the menus. Like she's very much just like can focus on the task at hand. Um, there's really one more kind of big pull. I guess we the, this episode was kind of segmented. I guess in my opinion, like four four different ways. Um. Let's let's talk about Jack and Keely. So, I mean, got a couple patron questions uh, questions on this. Mike Drees asked if we think Jack will be like Rupert, which I will say I don't think she'll be like Rupert. But uh, Aaron Figueroa said, "How does Jack and Keely end?" With Roy um, coming back into the picture, mm, yeah. So this can. My my worry is this will end bad. And the vibe I I haven't been able to like pick up what Barbara's putting down for most of the season. <laughs> I feel like with this, my wonder is has she seen this before? Because she has been around to a lot of places. I assume she works for Jack's company that that's funding these these startups and things like that. I'm I don't know. The whole situation has me very nervous. Very very nervous. I Nicole, what are, what are your thoughts? Hate here? it. I hate it so much. The gifting situation made me deeply uncomfortable, like right out of the gate. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And originally I, I liked it because I, I like the actress. I oh, love, love her. her all mankind. She is yep. lovely. Finally, I got someone. This is why I invited, though I wanted Nicole here. So there's someone else who's watched For All Mankind on the podcast. So good. So one, good. Of, one of the pay- uh was Aaron Figueroa, who hit me up and said that For All Mankind rules. So the patrons are with it you does. too, Caroline. Yes. It does. So I was excited to see her. Um, I liked, you know, just like a lot of the dynamic early. I thought that it was a very textbook rebound relationship type thing. I absolutely hated the 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 gifts i hated the like public display of affection in the office and like really rushing all of that um i i'm with you i'm with you caroline where like i just feel like keely not being in any scenes with roy like i miss that i i miss her interacting with all of them and obviously like there's something in this that is going to bring her back into the world that we want her to be in 
But I just don't like the way that this all went about. Like, I was so much more invested in Keely becoming a businesswoman and, like, some of the stuff with that or even, like, handling employees and relationships like that versus love bombing and and all of this. I just – it is eventually going to push her back to Roy, which I can't wait. But I just thought that this was going to be, like, a more of a healthy rebound situation where then she figured out where she needed to be. And this does feel like it's going to be very messy, very complicated, and, like, very bad. Alex, is is the Keely Jones PR plot of it – I don't want to say, like, lo- low point sounds bad, but just certainly the lower – end of where this season has gone because I, I kind of talked about this on last week's episode that Keely and Roy and their ascension, their growth as a couple, they have been a constant for us in both these seasons. And not only have we had them split apart, kind of just like Nicole said, the Keely going out on her own has been waylaid in favor of what's going on with this relationship. And I'm curious your thoughts because we, I think we were fully pumped at the end of last season for Keely to to start her own PR firm. Yeah, I think it was this, you know, she was choosing herself. And even when Roy had his doubts in the finale, we were like, you know, she knows that she's on the right path. And it's not that she doesn't think that. I just, I'm not very invested in her business. Like the people she works with suck, except for Barbara. Like there's no sort of camaraderie there that's even interesting. It's how external people interact with her. I'm deeply worried I'm going to end up like that man who is always awkward when he stands up. Like I'm afraid I'm staring at myself. (laughs) Love love is love. Love is love was was one of, I actually, I wrote that down because I was like, there were a lot of very funny one-liners, but love is love. And him being like shouted down was yeah, one Barbara's of the like, stop it. He tries so it. hard. And I think like in the beginning, the first episode, you know, when she's talking to Rebecca about her schedule, I have to schedule time to cry. I think we were really looking forward to like, you know, Keely's on her own now. Yeah, she's got a yes. huge financial safety net. So I don't want to act like she's struggling. But this was her trying to figure out how to run a business, how to gain clients. Like I realize that stuff sounds boring, but I think you could have done it in a way, especially with her level of clientele that had made it more interesting. And, you know, when Jack came into the picture and I didn't really know where they were going with that. And then this episode clearly like, okay, she's a device to show, you know, the love bombing is really terrible. Like I'm not saying Jack's a horrible person and a lot of people go through it, but that's manipulation to make someone stay and to watch Keely go through it. And then to consider like, okay, when we were introduced to her, she was in a bad relationship with Jamie and we watched her get away from it and go to something good. And I think watching any character regress like that in a different way, mind you, but still regress is just hard. And I think that for me, the 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 Keeley storyline is the hardest one to stay invested in because at this point, like, yeah, I would love to think that she and Roy end up together. I'm sure they will. But I don't know how to be invested in that at this point outside of just how I felt last season. Like there's nothing really this season kind of keeping me holding on to that. So. But you did love the book gift. So there's that. Shut, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a deal breaker. If yeah. somebody hands you a first edition, anything of a writer that you like, and they wrote in it in like mm. purple marker. Are you fucking joking? Yeah. I would lose my shit. She even said, I get very jealous and I don't want you regifting that. Okay. See, like all of that was so bad. Like it's like a lifetime movie. A playful little line about being jealous. And it was like, nope, giant red flag waving in front of your face. But agreed. If if you think that a first edition book is a priceless gift to give someone, 
then you should also know that they do not want you to ruin mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I... Uh... That the, one hurt my the soul gifts were just mm. her gifts were financial flexes and not meaningful and i think that's the like there wasn't yeah because we don't have like an established like keely love for jane mm-hmm. austen like it, there wasn't like if that had been you know and she the offhand mention of like oh yeah i like daisies um well no, none, of the, like... none of the gifts were personal no anything we knew about money. keely they were just extravagant gifts yeah also, if you put a ring in my croissant, I'm probably going to be pretty pissed. Like, don't mess with my <laughs> croissants. Like, <laughs> I did love uh, Rebecca running up her tab, though. And Rebecca is like a, a woman yeah, who that, owns that a Premier good. League club and is like, no, I'm still going to run up this woman's tab. <laughs> and then she said that the waitress in a bottle for you. Oh, for you. <laughs> the, no one for yourself. They, the way that rich people stay rich is they put the money, put the tab on somebody yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Hoard wealth. That's I capitalism. did kind of like the yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On this this week's episode. <laughs> we talk about the finances of Ted Lasso. Um, best scene. Best scene in this episode. There's a lot. I, I will say, like, I don't think I I don't think I came out and said this like I intended at the beginning of the episode. I think this was my favorite episode of the season. Probably should have led with that instead of waiting 26 minutes. But this was for me. It it felt a lot like a like a season one or a season two episode, and it was good to get back to that. There was just a lot of a lot of stuff that made me feel good. A lot of stuff that I I enjoyed seeing. Obviously, everything with Sam. There were emotional moments. Those things where you're like, wow, I, it's amazing watching people talk to each other with that much openness and honesty and compassion. And that's some of the stuff that with all the plot lines we've had this season and with a lot of the stressor type, um, you know, plots that we've had have, it's gone away a little bit. And this was such a, just like a warm, like warm bath. Like it would just Mm -hmm. like let this, let this whole episode wash over me. It was, it was joyous. So I wrote down, I, I enjoyed almost every scene. I will say besides like what was going on with, with Jack and Keely, everything else. Like, I mean, that being said, my favorite scene, I just, I call dick strings. Like, dick, it's the best. Gotta be. <laughs> like, you know, I, they came so close with, like, all the different titles that they almost named this to just calling it Dick in a Box. Oh, God. <laughs> it was right there. Missed opportunity. It was so funny. And every time, I've watched it three times, and every <laughs> of time, I, of course, <laughs> every time I think, a different part of it's my favorite part of it from like Roy's face when they think that Jamie's dick was pulled off is <laughs> just <laughs> that sentence a sentence I never thought I'd say um is priceless because he's and this is again this is after that they've had this like bonding thing first of all this whole thing was Roy's idea and he clearly was like yes this is the best idea I've ever had this is going to be a nightmare um Danny running super close to Jan, so was it Jan Moss that he was next to you? but he's just and they're like why don't you give him some space he's like I'm too afraid <laughs> it was so his good. teammate so good um and that oh gosh it was just so funny the whole thing and they did like dicks on three <laughs> when they broke it down before they started playing and they're like one two three dicks and jamie's like dicks i uh i desperately need Priceless. to clip the sound of in danny rojas's voice saying his penis is okay which is just oh yeah hang it from the rafters. that was um 
I think that was my favorite one line of the episode. Um, that was it was so good. Uh, so, but my mine was the 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 heart wrenching part. Like mine was the end. Yeah. When just that. every moment from Sam showing up, seeing that his teammates were working and fixing the restaurant for him, trying to do it as a surprise, them just saying, "Well, we just we thought you needed this. Like we this is where we were supposed to be." To the second that we find out Sam's dad's name, and then you Oof. just know that he didn't know that the oh, restaurant was named after again. him and the lights come up. I mean, it was just, like you said, like a quintessential season one, season two, like right at the heartstrings Ted Lasso episode. It totally was because I, I it was not my favorite of the season because I felt like it was a little slow to get into. And then it was just like amazing scene after amazing scene at the end. But like I just ended, you know, like in tears and like my heart is like full and I just thought it was such a beautiful and three seasons worth of paid off moments and text messages and everything about his relationship with his dad, every political stance he's taken. Like I, it was just such an incredible scene. So I will go with the, the Ted Lasso moment of like it, we just wanted to ball our eyes out at the end. Alex, what's the best scene in this one? Um, for me, it was when Sam broke down in the locker room when his dad Mm. walks in, uh, you know, and I think for a few reasons, like when I saw the whole Twitter thing, which I think probably made all of us anxious because we know how awful Twitter can be yeah. and that that temptation when you know you've just got the best comeback to somebody who comes at you and you've got to decide, is it worth it or do I just need to let it oh, go? Greg Abbott and is my governor. Some... I've sent a lot of angry tweets. <laughs> at... <laughs> and it's, it's hard, you know, I mean, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail and it's just one of those things that's it's hard to kind of get past that. So I had a lot of anxiety with the Twitter parts, but <laughs> especially the shut up and dribble and obviously like, yeah. We've all covered um, so many different facets of just that mentality extensively over the past several years. But um, just that kind of juxtaposition of of him and his dad coming in mad, but then Sam realizing like this is the one place I can fall apart. You know, it was just very emotional. And I know we talked about how it's essentially a show about bad dads and how people react to it. And you have this great dad. And I think... um, he serves as a mirror in a lot of ways. And we see that in the way that like Ted reacts to it, that Ted looks at their relationship and has his own internal thoughts. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier this evening, he was watching the episode and catching up. And, um, you know, one thing is like he and I both lost our fathers when we were in our late twenties, early thirties. And so, I mean, we don't like talk about it often. It's not like a club or something So we do make that joke. Like if we have a friend who's lost a parent, we're like, we'll get him the jacket. They can be in the club. Um, but there's just that weird, thing of like as you move on from grief and he and I both were talking about how that scene made us so emotional not because we're immediately reminded of just harsh like painful grief but it's this idea of like we had that once with our fathers and to see that with someone just see that love and that it's not that we can't live without it obviously but it's like that ache of gosh I wish I had the option I wish I could you know have those moments with my dad again where he might be upset with me for how I reacted but he loves me at his core and I just think it was it was beautiful the, the whole thing with Sam and his dad was and gorgeous. Sam and his dad had, I was just saying has been the running through line of the good the good dad relationship that's where like Ted yeah. has seen that relationship Sam has with his dad and that drew Ted back to Jamie well I was gonna say yeah I was gonna say Jamie saw that was a huge part of like Jamie's growth too 
I think was seeing and watching Sam interact with his father. The uh, casting of, uh, I believe it's Nanzo Anozi, who you might rec- uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, recognize, that's the word, English, um, <laughs> from Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, which I'll take you on the journey I went on when I Googled I'm things. I'm so glad <laughs> you found my brain this because I could not place where I had seen this guy. And you you solved you solved all the problems for me. I could not remember like I couldn't remember his name, and so I went first to the Game of Thrones IMDb page and tried to estimate like where I thought it was in the story to try and find that episode, and then search the cast. Did not work. Um, so then I went to Google and I searched who stole. I searched wizards who stole uh, Danny's dragon eggs. Um, and that gave me Piat Pri, which was the like creepy old guy. And so then I Googled his name and something with that. And then it gave me like the warlocks of Karth or whatever. <laughs> so eventually I got there. I found him. Um, perfect casting. Yeah. He is such a just like, I look at him and I want to hug that man. He's a fucking like, unit. That might be a weird Big dude. Might be a weird statement. <laughs> but I would like to hug that man. I would like Every- to be on the receiving end of a hug. Every sentence he said, I was like, mm, like, yes, just like, like, forgive them. The big whoop and then the little noises he was making. Don't fight back, fight yeah. forward. It all just sounded so wise. Like, I can see why yes. Sam goes to him. Also, underrated scene. It's not the best, but we can group like all of the Sam and his dad moments together was him and Rebecca obviously knowing that he so knew good. that they slept together and then she realized that he knew that they slept together amazing so good so good it was just this moment of like hi <laughs> like seeing hannah waddingham as rebecca do that kind of like like these like and then it just like it, it, the scene lasted like an extra like three or four seconds than like perfect. it needed to and higgins face awkward. too <laughs> so good higgins face and that was was excellent um and he did when they were in the locker room he did the earlobe pull which is something that like sam told ted about in like the first episode or something didn't he whenever he was he said whenever he was stressed his dad used to help or like when he was a kid his dad would like pull on his earlobes very cute good callbacks from these guys they know what they're doing can i have like a short kind of interject because i like to check tweets (laughs) while we talk so I just want to share this this very insightful tweet about Sam and his dad. Okay, right? Yeah. All right. God. I thought this was, was going to be a Ted Becca tweet. I'm sad. Well, it so is. It God. is. So prepare God. yourself. Was just thinking how Sam and his dad can be a way to show Ted that he and his kid will be fine, even if they live far away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry. God. What? The, the, I love our Ted Becca updates every week, but and I don't know if we've talked about this on the pod yet, but... There is a, a a rising theory, or not even a theory. It's just people justifying like Ted shouldn't go back home. Henry's fine on another <laughs> continent, and this proves it. Sam and his dad prove you do not have to live around your son. For his, him to- <laughs> well, that child and it- is <laughs> bullying other kids, but don't worry. my favorite was the see if he went home he would just be sitting in restaurants by himself eating towers of onion rings like he doesn't need to go back michelle's moved on he should too (laughs) how do you guys ever get through anything on this podcast we're like it's like topic two i know We, oh, we, we do like, we this do like this and affair. then we fast okay. track. We will suddenly hit seven topics yeah, in five minutes. And oh, like a, like a rapid I'll fire. start hitting the gas okay. after yeah. the ad break. 
Um, because I do want to, I do want to mention, um, shout out to our good friend, Michael Jr. The, the amount of puking at the practice Roy runs is, is admirable. (laughs) really good stuff. Mm. Um, Did anyone pee themselves? (laughs) (laughs) My God. Um, I will throw in for just a quick other really great scene. I want coach beard to do every presentation for me ever from here on out. (laughs) Because that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I want Coach Beer to do everything ever. I I love that man. <laughs> um, let's take a quick ad break and then get back with the Laughing Liam Award. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, okay, <laughs> we're, we're back. Uh, Laughing Liam Award, which is now combined with best one-liner joke because I don't know why I had those separated for so long. Uh, Nicole, what what stood out to you? Okay, I have two. Um, so, like, a not, an overall funny bit was Coach Beard and Will swapping roles. Um, I thought that Will was particularly hilarious as coach beard um and then also when beard as will gave ted water and he thought it was delicious as water that was really good um but the actual best one line we already referred to it a little bit earlier but it was danny saying it's okay his penis is okay (laughs) all-time great line and danny has some of the best lines in the entire show but he was just so concerned and it was so genuine that he was so happy that jamie's penis was okay so good. Caroline? Um, so I wanted to say that Roy should get the laughing Liam award, but there wasn't necessarily like a one-liner from him that we, well, maybe other than the like, next time we do this, we should tie a bunch of guys' dicks <laughs> to one guy's dick. And they're like, this that was a one-time thing, coach. Um, absolutely love that. Yes to everything Danny Rojas. Again, the running next to his teammate. I'm gonna give Simi a shout out because she had some really funny. Uh, when she said we should send her back where she came from, her mom's butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a child. I laughed so hard at that. I don't know why I thought that was so I want to push then, back, uh, though, on Roy not having any funny one-liners. Because gonna say, when Ted is giving his like, speech I'm... about the blue-collar comedy uh-huh. tour, and he says, and oh, Roy sorry, says, I wrote one of those down, Would have been called Sharp Dressed Men. God, I hate what you've done to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. And then he, he said, the ass, he said, ask squatch. And then he goes, fuck. He goes, yeah, make it stop. stop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Those good. good. Okay. I had those written down and I forgot them. Um, the other thing Beard did was the, like, when they were tied together and he's like, this is what we're doing. Figure it out. I don't know why that made me laugh really hard too. Loved it. Probably because it reminds you of our editors meeting. <laughs> I actually, when I wrote it down, I was like 100% (laughs) going to be saying this in that inflection to myself and no one's, I mean, well, either if I say it to myself, obviously no one else will hear it, but if I say it some point, only Alex will get it and he'll just be like, figure it out. You guys can also tie your, you can tie your penises together. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we're doing. Alex, what was the best joke in this episode? Um, They've already been said which is a good thing because i think we're all in agreement like i loved roy. what was the other thing roy said it was like the first little pun he had i forgot and i don't really I he had the the forget. early thing that he um was there something about ass wasn't there an ass joke he did the ass watch one watch he did one of the other things i laughed really hard at was when he was like oh it's like when your friend tries something new and instead of ignoring it you like compliment them on it and that's when colin turns around and goes i really like your hat <laughs> Roy's like looks really good (laughs) and for some reason that makes me laugh really hard because it's like just it felt it would be out of character season one for Roy but now he's like yeah I like it it's good frames his face well is what Ted said the line we haven't (laughs) talked about is when um Beard and Ted are at at May's pub and they're talking about and Jane's been Jane's been really pressuring me certain magazines left on the coffee table and Ted's talking about marriage and Beard goes no I'm talking about pegging (laughs) Ted's like what magazines Ted Ted also had a couple really good lines about like compromise (laughs) they called back to that good it was good yeah what was it when he said like that's why we don't bother learning Baz's girlfriend's names or whatever he goes he's a man whore or whatever so good uh Roy is my <laughs> laughingly award I think he's the the funniest funniest character in this episode really good like it's been so fun seeing him as kind of not like coming out of his shell, but a lot of the Roy laughs that we had gotten previously had been because of his gruffness and him, yes. you know, in the, like, I think about the rom-com episode when he just shows up when it's, when the, it's light and like the phone the chimes. Yeah. Stuff like that. And this has been more like him, a little personality, like a little goofy. The, the thing about what to do to your bully is will remain the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but. Did he win this award for attempting like falling over on the bike? Because that was also something that I, was I, ha- I we definitely about talked for about the days. physical comedy of that so entire good. scene is unparalleled. It's the other. I guess one of this is, counts as a joke or just a good quote was Nate's insecurity about being turned down, where he's like, "Then I can never go back to my favorite restaurant, and I'll just sit outside on the curb eating takeaway fish and chips, watching you through the window like some Dickensian orphan." <laughs> Street urchin. Street urchin. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard too. Oh so man, good. that was <laughs> so good. Uh, Nicole, what was the best TED moment of this episode? Okay, so at first I was just going to generally go with the goal and the fact that switching schemes and systems like paid off and they like had this beautiful moment. But it was 
Okay, so I think it obviously had to be when Trent got so excited and he's saying, the lasso way, it's going to work, it's going to work, it's going to work. And then you have Roy calling him, what a fucking dork. And then Ted go, he's <laughs> our dork. That to me was the perfect Ted moment. It was something that Ted would have done any episode, any point in life. Um, and I just loved it. It was perfect. And it also is everything that we love about the show because like they are dorks totally all the time, but there are dorks. Yeah. I, I loved it. That moment in particular that we haven't really talked about yet. We, we mentioned it in passing, but like Trent coming out and saying, and this is something that I think we've done a good job of talking about patting ourselves on the back over uh, the season is that the, whatever happens with this team and their what are likely to be eventual successes towards the end of the season, because that's just how sports movies go is a, a long build of what Ted has built here. And that what Trent says, like you haven't switched tactics in a week. You've done this over three seasons. He's implemented a culture of trust and belonging and love among these guys. And then he puts in place the system that is more reliant on on those traits than anything and it's like this perfect you know like trent's book is going to be about this this culture change and we've talked i think we have talked about that a lot and so that moment like trent freaking out especially the the guy who in season one episode one says is this a fucking joke like that guy you know coming to this point is wonderful that like sneaky one of my favorite moments of of this episode like i i love seeing trent just all giddy about this and i mean plus he like he found the through line for his book like that's that's nice yeah. having having a as, theme is nice as a writer <laughs> as, as a children's book author uh <laughs> god damn it <laughs> alex what's the best uh what's your best ted moment in this episode i don't know if i had a moment i I just think it's really nice to see Ted back again. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Sassy's whole thing about him being a mess and, you know, he was a little offended, but also he knew it was true. And I thought that was really important. And it's just, when you go back to season one and even go back, you know, 10 years ago to the commercials, I think what made him so appealing was kind of the oblivious, like, hey, I'm good at this thing. I can be good at that thing. Even, you know, back when the commercials made him look like an asshole and they, they humanized him for this. But in season one, he still had that very optimistic, like, this is going to work. You know, I'm going to fix my marriage. I'm going to come over here. We're going to have fun. And he's seen, he's watched himself unravel over the course of that. And, you know, speaking as like someone who has a lot of experience being a mess in general. And I was actually, it's, I was talking to Nicole and Caroline about this idea earlier today. I think you, you just get caught in things sometimes and your personal life kind of gets in the way of the professional and you don't really know how to work that out and you want to be able to tackle it and you can't. This is the first time I feel like we have Ted back as, you know, who he knows he can be and he doesn't seem so burdened. I think, I think my like straight up Ted in the moment thing, I loved the mustache example. Like that was like Ted in the locker room. Like we said, we've gotten a couple more of those the last few episodes and we missed those the more like blow your mind like stay with me folks like we're getting high on barbecue sauce the real ted lasso moment is when they're all fixing the restaurant like that's the biggest ted moment of the even though he's not there mm -hmm. like that's all the stuff that this has come down to especially when you look at jamie dead center and clearly involved in making that happen um with like i think if i remember correctly 
Isaac was one of the ones that constantly was like Jamie's henchmen that were bullying Nate and like, you know, him and Colin were those guys that were doing it and having those three as the ones that are now the spearhead, the captains, the star, the ones like making this stuff happen is exactly, it's the same through line with the, the lasso way and et cetera, et cetera. I just raised my hand just so that you can see that. <laughs> I know that everyone's listening, but um, I also, if we're allowed to say, I didn't know the rules. I cheated. Eyes, categories well Nicole, okay if you're there cheating, are I want to back- zero rules <laughs> okay <laughs> we're I'm like that papa john's, we're not papa john's the i am little a Caesar's type commercial. a perfect attendance as a child straight a's like i'm a rule follower okay but if caroline is tweaking that rule then i also want to tweak the rule and i'm sure we're going to talk about it for other things but a very ted moment was jamie identifying that they need to play through him and not to him and it was just like such a microcosm of everything that Ted pours into all of the players, but especially Jamie. So if we're able to say a Ted moment in someone else, it was that moment at the whiteboard. Through me, not to me. Which is so, I mean, it, it's it's wonderful. And Nicole, I just just kind of outlining expectations for the show. There was one, I, I can't remember the movie that Caroline and I were doing a podcast on, but we talked about like breakfast food and breakfast buffets for like five minutes. And I don't know how it happened, but that the the top gun episode, we bought me Kenny Loggins tickets by the end. Yeah. Like on the podcast, we were perfection. (laughs) We were purchasing tickets. Perfection. But speaking of, of Ted stuff, um, patron Danny Weiser, who is the, the king of the big screen sports discord, by the way, uh, he had a question that Ted related that I thought this would be a good time for it. Assuming that Ted is headed back to the States, as I think we've all kind of determined, except for the Ted Beck people that is happening. Do we think he and beard split up beard parentheses, sort of has Jane. He's good at his job. He seems comfortable in the UK. Does he stay on as a Richmond assistant while Ted goes back home to coach American football again? That's a good question. That would break my heart. I do think that I think they split up. Yeah. I do too. I think that beard has absolutely assimilated into the culture there. <laughs> he's, he's pegging now, like he's <laughs> he, he's got a he he's friends, got a band. He's got a whole friend group in the Netherlands. Yeah, like um, Ziggy Star, Piggy Stardust. Like I kind of think that they need to grow apart to grow up a little bit in certain ways. So. I, I do think so. And by the way, just for any Ted Becca listeners, don't worry. This means there that is zero. Re- <laughs> Rebecca can still move to Kansas. She's wearing red shoes after all. She'll click her Louboutins together. <laughs> her red bottoms. So I, I agree. I don't, I think they'll split up, but I don't think Beard is going to stay on with Richmond. I fully see him doing something as random as like Piggy Stardust. Like I could just see him getting on a bus and heading off somewhere like I just think we based on what we know about him what we don't know about him there's the freedom there that he can kind of go and do whatever he wants and I don't think he's necessarily a package deal with Ted but I don't know that's an interesting question beard is a rolling stone he can just he can be anyone anywhere anytime um the Rupert award for the villain of this episode I mean Britain's secretary of state or whatever yeah fuck that person yes naturally uh brinda barrett yeah uk home secretary who told sam to shut up and dribble the worst she was terrible she reminds me a lot of uh who saw bodyguard the richard madden series 
Yeah, Carol. I, yes. Caroline, I absolutely yes. knew you you would have seen that. Yeah, she reminds me of that. Yeah. One oh, I watched bit. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Guys, I almost I almost put Jack here. That's how much I hate her. So that okay. So that's <laughs> that's the thing. I don't like her. That's the thing. Is Jack a villain or because this goes back to the the question that I, that patron Aaron Figueroa asked? How does this end? Does this end with like, hey? Keely saying, I am, you know, we're not right for this. Like, I'm really not ready for this. My heart is somewhere else. And Jack kind of being a little peeved, but whatever. Or does this end with like Jack closing down Keely, you know, KJPR because she's, she's so scorned. Like, it's like, where, how Ooh. far does this, does this character go? Yeah. I lean the former. God, I think, I hope not. Though I don't think we're done with Shandy. I think Shandy's got some, something yeah. coming back. <laughs> Something like, the police should know about. What if probably. Jack? What if okay? What if Keely dumps Jack and then the next day she goes and it's just Shandy and Starfucker. <laughs> like Jack is invested in Starfucker. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to think Jack is a villain because I, I think this show does gray areas so well. Like I think all of us have been with some type of love bomber before we've probably love bombed a certain bit in our day in our youth. And like, I, and I'm not saying it's like an unforgivable sin. I'm saying it comes from a place of insecurity because when you think you're not enough, you use what you've got to try to keep the person to try to keep them from leaving. But I just, I've never had a good feeling about her. And I don't, you know, like a lot of people are more bothered by the fact that she's new and she's random and they don't really understand her. I'm just like, it's a Jane Austen first edition. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What you are not a person. That's the ick moment. You walk away. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think she's a villain per se, but I think yeah. that I, I hate the relationship in its current state. Yeah. I, I think it's just going to be a way that she ends up seeing there's going to be in the next episode or so, hopefully next episode. Cause I really am craving Roy Keeley content. There's going to be some sort of Roy-esque gesture that reminds her, that reminds both of them that this is a stupid breakup and they never should have done this to us because that's what's important, our feelings about it. Um, And it's going to make her start thinking about like what actually does she have with Jack and Jack's, I think it's going to be one of those situations where Jack is kind of like, you're still madly in love with him. What are you doing with me? Like, I think think that they have set it up to be that like Keely actually addressed it in a pretty mature way and asked her to stop doing it. And if she does it again, like she's recognized that this is a problem, like has worked through it and identified it. Um, And like, it would be a huge problem if Jack continues to act this way. So I actually think maybe ultimately, like we just, Keely is learning about recognizing bad relationships sooner, but I just don't love it. I just don't like it. But no, obviously there was one actual villain in this episode and then there was just the ick like Alex said. Yeah. And Derek from Taste of (laughs) Derek is just a wild card. He is not a villain. I know. He's hilarious. (laughs) I need more. It's like, uh, isn't it Derek from Shrinking too? I need. Yes, I was going to say, are they all named Derek? Derek energy. Derek. Derek, (laughs) Big Derek energy. Derek from uh, Taste of Athens. He's that guy on like a bachelor party or a golf trip. It's like, man, have you slept? Like he's just like I love him. He's he's him. something. He's something else. He's given everyone nicknames like three hours into it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, hey, you guys, you guys want a cigarette? Like, man, it's nine a.m. Like, what do you do? What are you doing? <laughs> of course I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the pitch, talking, talking the football, talking the talking the soccer action. 
Um, with this, I really just have, I have two good patron questions for this one. Uh, Kevin Frost asks, who do you consider is the heart of the heart and soul of the team now? He's on the Jamie Tart train, but we have, you know, we have the, you know, Jamie kind of taking command with, with total football. The heart and soul can be, can be a coach. Um, I mean, there's Isaac as our captain, bruv. We also didn't talk about uh, Danny saying like so good, saying like just dropping so dropping good. an f bomb and saying bruv as Isaac. But you've got Isaac, <laughs> you've got you got Sam. But Nicole, who's the heart and soul of this team now? I think it's Jamie. I mean, he is a softy. He is a team leader. They look to him. They're going to play through him. That's how they're going to win. And I think it was pretty clear, I know someone mentioned it earlier, that Jamie was definitely involved in the decision to, like, fix Sam's restaurant. But I remember thinking about it earlier in the season when he was there, when they all went to that soft launch. And that would never have been the kind of thing that old Jamie would have gone to. And I would not be surprised if we get a little more explicit information that, like, he planned, he got everyone to go help fix the restaurant like he's just he he's that guy now and he is um he is the heart and soul I mean he's he's always been the best player but I think now he is actually the best leader and I love Isaac I love all these guys but I it's Jamie's team and I, I really think that he was the one who who organized the restaurant fixer-upper Alex how many copies of that icon hat do you think Jamie has because <laughs> that's a black hat so if you sweat through that thing it's done you can't like wear it casually anymore that's true i don't is know that a thing? if We've you're a sweat boy like before. me it sure is and if like <laughs> jamie, and, jamie and all of his oh, hair now yeah sad. now i'm sad mike's not here for that one he would have liked sweat boy th- this is where yeah this is where mike and i would be like yeah like we've you know we've ruined some shirts some hats like definitely uh, side note, and I don't think I brought it up on the podcast before, but if you uh, follow the Ted, Ted Lasso's costume director, costume designer, Jackie Levy on Instagram, what she does every week is she'll post screenshots from the episode and she tags every designer of every character's ensembles. So like if it's a photo of Rebecca, it'll be her jewelry, her hat, if she's wearing it on this. You mean her right? lasso ring? Yeah. What, yeah, what her not ring, her, her not ring that ties that bind. <laughs> what have you? You know, it starts ties the letter T for Ted. <laughs> and tenderness and together in Topeka, Kansas. Soulmates. <laughs> oh man. So it, is there any is there any argument to Jamie not being the heart and soul of the team at this point? He is literally who they are playing through. No. And the other part too is I mean one of the early things this season was his desire to get better on the pitch, mm-hmm. like in the training with Roy. Um, and if you notice in all of the drills, like the running stuff, he was first, like he was ahead and didn't look like he was, I mean, at the at very end, he was like still hunched over and, but he wasn't throwing up whole Cheerios like bumper catch. So he's ready for the impending class war, <laughs> which is also yeah, the a great only, line. The only other option I think is Danny, just cause like the joy, like, yeah. He is his personality is rubbed off on a lot of a lot of the players. Like they, they really are more joyous and, and loving and all of that. But no, it's it's Jamie and I just love it. I love it. I never it's gave so up good. on him, unlike Alex. <laughs> the irredeemable. The irredeemable Jamie, Jamie Tart. Tart. 
Uh, speaking of speaking of Danny <laughs> and football is life, uh, patron John Craig, I this isn't really a question; it's more of a, a a topic. But I have a question at the end of it. He said, "Revisit the triangle talk in the back of the bus." I think he's referring to the Amsterdam episode. He said, "Ted is talking football, but he's really describing healthy relationships." I think we're about to understand the deeper meaning of football is life. I'm going to take that a step further. The one a big question we have at the end of this episode, not big, but it's there, is what is number four? Ted's four rules of total football. What it, you know, is, I think it's belief. I think at the end, it might be one of the last things that we see number four is written in is belief. And even if I am predicting it now, and even if I am right, it will still give me the chills and possibly make me cry. So, Caroline, do we, thoughts on what number four might be? I like that. I also, did you see someone called them on Twitter, the believe uniforms, the believe alternates, the, this is the first time we saw the yellow alternate jerseys for away. Cause I do, I hope this does not mean they're getting rid of the oranges. Cause those were very clean. Um, but yeah, I like believe I liked, I thought <laughs> I loved when Danny was just so emphatic about like, that's what it is. Number four, we figured it out. It's self it's like sacrifice or whatever. And he was like, not it. I uh, don't know what it is, but it's not that. So I like believe. I think that would be, again, this is one of those things where, and I think they can do it now at the very end because at the interim stages, like the end of season one, we didn't have the cliche finish. We didn't have the, like, everything goes perfectly the whole time. Like, um, so again, I need my, like, victory over West Ham. I need Jamie to be a huge part of that. I need Ted to be happy and, the believe thing to come through and I will absolutely be right with there with you getting goosebumps on all of it. Yeah. I, I, I need it. I need, I mean, yeah. I know we're in for like 15 big time goosebump moments as this, as the show wraps like that. The finale is going to be, I might have to like, and Colin's going to get down. to kiss his fellow. Kiss his fellow. Damn it. Yes. Love that. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, the, I don't think you realize how psychologically healthy that is award for which character <laughs> showed the most personal growth in this episode. Can we just rename this the Jamie award when we're talking about personal <laughs> growth from episode one to now? I, I feel like it's always Jamie yes. at this point. Like Jamie is the one like Jamie unselfishly decide, like, I'm not gonna, you know, you don't need to play to me, play through me and I will facilitate this offense. Like he is, I mean, he made the extra pass. There was a whole season yeah. about that. Yeah, he is. He is and, now and Chris Paul. He, he he also didn't want special treatment. He was disappointed when he got the swap, and it said oh. Jamie to Jamie, and that they still wanted him to be a scorer. I mean, like he wants to be part of the experiment and in, in everything that they're doing and experiencing all of it. So I think you should rename it. Can I give one practical winner here of yeah. like just something that actually is very psychologically healthy? Listen, Sam is correct. The spoons should match the forks. It is an important it is an important sign of growth. I remember how adult I felt when I first got a full matching set of silverware. That is healthy and he got made fun of for caring about that and listen. Yes, great food means well I'll eat it off of plastic fork and plastic spoon, but no, it is incredibly healthy to care about your silverware matching. So shout out to Sam for that. I, I really resonated with me. That's, I mean, I, I'll throw uh, Nate's hat in the ring for this one this week. Mm. I thought Nate made big strides. Um, mostly, again, when he literally fell on his face and he dusted himself off. 
still got out there and asked her out and she said yes uh also if you um ask siri on your makes sense on your apple product um the same question that he asked like how it's i guess it has to be the exact wording and it's like how do you know if a girl really likes you or is just being nice to you <laughs> you can't um but the response from siri is delightful so it i don't know how long it's going ones. Last. so it does, does that. it yeah because i tried it a few times and another one is like <laughs> think about what nate would do and do the opposite yeah that's the one i got <laughs> that's the one i got that's what mine said and i think the one i got was just um will you ever learn wonderkind Oh, oh. sorry, Nate. Man, Apple with the product placement has just been I- incredible, and especially with the uh, the music. This was a good music episode. Another I, good music I didn't, episode. I didn't write any of the needle drops down except for the song that they ended the show with. Um, is there? Yeah, there what is that? It is called "Enjoy" by Techno. Techno T E K N O. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Okay, but can I just say this? Is actually, it's not just about the needle drop. Huge Nora Ephron reference in this episode oh the beginning of the episode yeah the opening you've got mail dreams cranberries you got mail efron it's all happening oh and like i thought you were going with the walking yeah see that's why i thought i didn't even put the songs together i thought you were going with the like people opening their shops for the day and the characters walking by it happens during dreams yeah and that's what happened like in you've got mail the little montage where she's talking and I met a guy online or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I and so, which is funny because a few days ago, I was saying, I really need people to stop comparing. I need people to, I need people to stop saying this is what would happen if Nora Ephraim wrote a sports movie because it's not true. That's not how she wrote it. Whatever. There's just a bunch of people who saw You Got Mail and When Harry Met Sally and they're like, I know Nora Ephraim. No one knows Nora Ephraim. Okay. I just, I'm just whatever. We're not going to what I'm, What I'm gathering here is that this is a rom-com. This is really about. It was always a rom com the whole time. Because they did not share any time on screen this week. That means which means they're in love. He said said the word soulmate. (laughs) Red string. He wore a red shirt today, and if you go back through all of the times in which he wore a red shirt for the team, in which red is one of its main color schemes, (laughs) um, let's really dig into that because she also wore red this episode when she went to support the team that wears red most of the time. So Mm. very. You guys need to do an entire episode debunking all the confirmation bias. (laughs) That is an Alex solo episode. That is that is two hours of, of her with a whiteboard, like exhibit. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. She'll just be arguing with herself the whole time too. It'll be oh, great. I know. I'll present both sides. You're like, no. Well, I guess I made a comment the other day about well, I was making a joke while I was talking about how Ted Lasso discourse is so divisive. And the joke I made was like essentially if you don't think that Ted and the dartboard from season one are soulmates, then you don't know what you're talking about and you're very stupid. <laughs> However, I guarantee you right now, if I put my mind to it, I could make a whole case for why Ted and the dartboard should be together and why <laughs> they've told us the whole time that they were going to end up together. Barbecue sauce came back again <laughs> when he had the thought process with the onion rings and onion rings are sort of circle like he the dartboard. Boom, also tends it. to get two beers together all the time or him and beard get them together they're never alone it's always a pair and they're in the yes. bar where the dart lives yeah yes it's and true. there was a there really was a dartboard in the thing last week when he was having the not hallucination the there was a dartboard <laughs> when they did the triangles that's true i think we could so, get at least 45 it. good minutes of alex 
responding to Ted Beckett tweets, like talking through her yes. response. I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to respond to bonus episode. The number of times that I've almost quote tweeted with like, you are a very unserious person. <laughs> because do unserious has become one of my... <laughs> yes. Do the succession meme, the one where like, I love you, but you are not a serious person. You, you are not, not a serious, serious person. People. Yes. <laughs> I just, yeah. Um, oh, anyways, uh, I think for the food poisoning award, I think we've all kind of talked about the moment that gave us the most stress, which is anything associated with Jack, the the love bombing. Yes. So we can skip right over that to best time, worst time. Joyous category. Caroline, who had the best time in this episode? Roy. Roy, for, for sure. <laughs> this again, the joy on his face when he thought Jamie's dick had been ripped off uh, was... And he got to just again that whiteboard scene. I think next time he was so excited about that. He had the picture drawn up. Um, yeah, I think Roy had the best time. Plus, they they saw that really was we didn't get a lot. We we've talked before, we don't get a ton of actual soccer in a lot of episodes. Um, but that was such a fun way to show, like, oh, they figured it out without it being like, oh, and they scored four goals in the second half and won because they figured it out. Like, um, so yeah, I think I think Roy had the best time. I think he really enjoyed himself. Alex, do we think that was Nate's first ever like real date, not counting the the fake setup one with the model? Oh, sad. Yeah, probably. So we could throw him in for best time. Yeah, he probably sure. I think he, I would give him that. I mean, he's the redemption <laughs> tour is underway. He asked a girl out. She said yes. He's turning a corner, and Siri called him a wonderkin. It's true. It's a lot. It's true. And he got to see his his lovely mom and sister. You, I love yeah. them. They were a lovely duo. I I, I liked them too. N- Nicole, did anyone have a bad time? <laughs> well, Sam had a bad time. He got in a Twitter spat against a far right political figure, which is tough, and had his restaurant broken into. So. As much as I got emotional at the end about everyone coming together to help fix it, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. And no one would listen to him about the damn spoons. So, also he, true. How sad was it that he was bringing spoons? I know. I realized that the place had gotten broken into. Ugh. Love Sam. He had a tough one. He had a tough one, but he's he's on his way back up. He is. And he has an amazing dad. So, he's... He's good, but that was that was tough. And I think again, Alex mentioned this, like the online stuff is it hits close to home for a lot of people. And then obviously to see it then immediately kind of impact your safety and it, it's it was a lot, but um but yeah. So he he had the worst time, but he also has the best people around him. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean he got he got lifted up with love. By by his coworkers and by his teammates, and that's beautiful. And speaking of Sam, Higgins, oh, I was gonna say Higgins ended up with like third degree T burns, so he probably shit. had a bad oh, that's, time. Yeah, that should definitely suck. That's up there. That that definitely <laughs> sucked. I don't even think does he say anything all episode. It's really just like his reaction to getting to getting scalded with yeah. that T. Yeah, that's about it. I think because I don't think he says anything at the game. He just has that great like look on his face all the time. Where he's like ah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Sam, Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. I, I, I think it's Ola for sure. I, I said that very like white guy speaking Spanish. 
Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, he's great, but we had a patron question too. Andrew Teagle said, who is the supporting cast MVP of the season so far? He said, Will Kitman or Mo Bumbercatch, but I think Will Kitman has been, has been dynamite. Um, yes. Who who is the supporting MVP? I guess our Lenny Harris of of the season so far. This is where we run into Colin. Colin's been yeah, good. like I, Danny. Is, too, is 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 Colin is too, too main character right now? Right. Yeah. That's that's where we have. That's to... always our problem. Yeah. Is we yes. can't ever define. What's <laughs> that, well, that's we've <laughs> done how many of these episodes now, and we still are asking these questions. Well, with this show, yeah. there's like there's the head like Ted, obviously, Rebecca, Keely, Roy. Like them for Weird. sure, them for sure. I mean, Jamie, yeah, Jamie now. But then, then there are some like Sam. Last season was a really relevant character, and then until this episode, it has been more. He's been more on the sidelines, so it's been kind of a fluctuating thing. But if we're talking like people who just get get snippets, like get small chances to shine, honestly, Danny has been like that. Because Danny has yeah, not had yeah. since he has his own story since line, season two, episode yeah. one. There's not been really anything solely about Danny. He has just been there for comedic relief and to be joyous and to discuss losing his virginity to Zava Boots. Um, I would say Higgins is a supporting character and he's been wonderful. Um, per I mean per usual, but in in terms of like the. Will Kitman and Bumbercatch are in like a even more kind of minor set of characters where they even are. Jan, I'd put Jan yeah. Moss yes. in there with them. Caroline, I think I'm on board with your hot Jan Moss theory. Like, I think he's right. pretty handsome. What did that? And it wasn't that I thought he was ugly before, but then they did when he did the press thing. Because again, we didn't have a lot yeah. of just like Jan Moss. When he did the little pressing and they said, like, oh, luckily our spirits were broken. When we can't. I was like, Good Lord, Jan Moss. I love and if the character would, Jan Moss would, was listening to this, who'd be like, oh, it's because I've started like changing my beard differently. Yeah, I changed now my seeing, hair slightly. You're now seeing something in me that you did not see before. So you're yeah. correct. I would say Isaac is also in that like sub like character. Like the most we've ever gotten from him was like when he became a captain, it was like an emotional scene, but also like doing the haircut. That was like the most <laughs> that we got from him. So I, I think those are good. I would say for this category, for this category, for this episode, Nate's sister, like really oh, sold the show. She had great advice. She got the mom to open up about the dating history. Um, so I, I would say she stole the scene. She was excellent. Alex, what are your thoughts on the best supporting character for this episode? Um, I still don't know how we're counting supporting characters. But Listen, it's all, again, there are no rules. Because I, I agree with everything. I think uh, we just we can't have like 12 main characters. Like, I think to me, Trent is a supporting character. And I thought, okay, then he's yeah. him for this season. He'd be. Yeah. There. Yeah. I'd yeah. This season. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Um, The big chill. We do get a big chill. We probably get multiple in this episode. Maybe the most of any episode this season. I would say that it's between Jamie doing the, you know, through me, not to me. Uh, the the goal, um, the you know the only bad part about that that beautiful goal is that it is narrated by Arlo White, who is participating in sports washing for the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, which is a big bummer. Uh, and then the team cleaning the restaurant, which is fantastic. That's the that's the winner for me. 
Yeah. I, I think it's the restaurant, but I would yeah. go second was Jamie at the whiteboard. Yeah. I do think. No, 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 I was <laughs> correct about Arlo. I do think Arlo and Chris have had just really funny dialogue this season. And I have to say, friend of the pod, Adam Amin, was saying earlier today, he's like, that's just not how it would really go. <laughs> like, Adam, it's a show. They have to be funny. He's like, I know, it's very funny to me. I really laughed about it. <laughs> okay, but this is like this would be like adam watching gray's anatomy with a doctor who's like you know this isn't actually how hospitals work this is how, or like any of us watching any journalism show ever <laughs> like, well, like yes you know we don't all sleep with our sources <laughs> <either way. laughs> anyway sorry that just jumped into my head i just thought it was so funny because i think they've had some really good one-liners this he year, said but... going back and this i had these written down as the he's like what do you even say um and where did it go um why are we so bad should we just go home <laughs> like those were the questions that they should address at halftime it's really good should we just go home oh man that was good so good um wrapping up what do we need answered this next episode or what do we think is going to be answered what like what's next we've got kind of <laughs> summation of things we've got whatever the hell is going on with jack and keely we get a reference. We get a conversation about um, what what are people calling him now? Dutch McDreamy? Is that the? Yes. Um, so we get. A, I need. Oh man! So that was well, one of the other penis references I didn't get to on my list of penis references from this oh, episode, yeah. where she's where she does the thing like, oh, it transcended sex. Like it was, and then she Keely says magic. She says the like frizzelig, and she goes, but I would have liked to see his penis. <laughs> so one thing about the Dutch guy that I haven't, I was going to bring up here and talking about like the future and questions and everything kind of where he's going to fall so one thing we do know is um ted lasso's casting director theo park was looking for a very young dutch speaking girl last fall when they were finishing ted lasso for an award-winning tv series Mm. shooting in london Mm. and if you if you look at theo park's repertoire of of things the only award-winning tv series they would have been working on last year would have been Ted Lasso and it was for a short like a small role in an award-winning TV series and they how, had to be available so how will they find each other though so my friend my friend's wife has a theory so my friend Josh Black and his wonderful wife Jessica I love this theory and I hope it's true she thinks that when Rebecca was drying her clothes because remember we've seen her with this matchbook all season her thinking is it's possible that the matchbook fell out in the dryer if it was still like in her pocket and that he finds the matchbook and ends up back at the restaurant somehow. I love that. Ooh. That's that That'd is the most dreamy. hallmark. That is the most hallmark way. Very hallmark this goes. way. Yeah. It's a very I think there's way. also potential, like she's very famous, right? Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Like he yeah. he could look, there could have been something in the paper the next day about yeah. her and the owner of Ajax, like shaking hands, whatever. And then he goes, That's her. And then looks up whatever, whatever. That's the less romantic way. I love the matchbook. Because that way like, is, is more difficult too. We kind of talked about this last week, but like, okay, Caesar, like he's, he's, he's famous, but like he shows up to the stadium 
And he's just trying to explain to the security guard, like, listen, she fell listen. into the canal. She ended up on my we boat. Had a moment. Massaged her feet. Like, trust me, just go ask her about the foot massage. And I promise she's gonna <laughs> let she's gonna let me in. But, so But something has to come up with being struck by lightning. So maybe yeah. he does this. She is actually literally struck by lightning, but is okay <laughs> outside of the stadium. And that's True. where reunited and you know where or, they have lightning storms in kansas and oh come <laughs> on here's one she goes to the restaurant then we'll tie it all together she's at the restaurant having dinner it's a storm lightning like strikes outside and like illuminates things and she looks to the door and he's standing there because that he feels scary kind of like a scary movie yeah, that's like, door. Yeah, he's, okay fine okay, he's fine. dutch then michael myers <laughs> <laughs> okay fine so then she looks at the door and he's like doing the like really non-intimidating shaking off the rain from your coat and pulls his hood back and then she sees it's him is that better okay that so here, here, here's an unrelated resolution thing um the, 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 back on topic. i did i did get us back on topic okay so richmond has lost a lot of games this season like, I know that there was a comment made about, like, are they going to get relegated again? But I thought the whole plot, remember at the end of season one, it was they get relegated, then yep. they get back to the Premier League, and then they go win the whole thing. I thought they were going to be, like, really good, but I don't I don't know where the, the football resolution can go. Like, I don't know how good they can be. That's what I wonder. I don't either. Like, I know we and, saw them take a step. And part of that is because I don't understand the Premier League that well. So that's a big failing on my part. But I need someone because they were really good with Zava. So they've racked up some wins and apparently they've been really shitty. But then they lost but then they lost a couple matches with him too. Mm -hmm. They've lost at least five based on very loose math from trying to remember things that like Arlo and the other guy said where it's like, um, I just, I think we need to get a little more clarity on what's at stake from a football standpoint. Yes. We need that table montage mm -hmm. again, where they show the like table of standings. Yeah, they have and to be playing like... towards something. We also need Roy to realize that he needs Keely back or some sort of we need we need Roy and Keely to be back in a scene together. We haven't seen Phoebe in six episodes. Yeah, more yeah. Phoebe, please. Yeah. That's a um, Yeah. I think Ooh, does Phoebe does Phoebe know the other Dutch girl somehow? Are they pen pals? Exchange student. <laughs> that would be so cute. That would be adorable. That would be a good one. Another thing too is like we know Going back to Roy and Keeley, that little clip from the trailer where they're holding hands and sitting on a bed. We know that's Jamie's childhood bedroom because if you zoom in on the shots, like it's got his diploma on the wall and stuff. And I want to know how do they end up back in his home? And I'm really scared that his mom dies or something happens that brings him back home. And that scares me. I, don't want I love how Alex said that so matter of factly that we all. You know how the heart connects to the left. <laughs> We saw a tweet earlier. Never mind. <laughs> you know He's holding her left hand, photos? which is important because well, that's what I mean. where well, the Well, you know, after, after the trailer came out and everybody was like zooming in on stuff, one of the things they zoomed in on is like there was a diploma on the wall of the room where they were holding hands that said Jamie Tart. And it was like the most, imagine like going to Canva and just finding a template that said diploma. <laughs> that's what it looked like. It was just like diploma, Jamie Tart. And so that's how we do like, okay, they're sitting on presumably his bed in his childhood bedroom. Why are they home, you know, at Jamie's mm. 
family home? Like, what are they uh, I don't doing? Want him to go through any sad stuff. I know, and especially like we haven't met his mom, but we know she's an angel. Like, we know she's kind of the redeeming quality. Ugh, not ready for this emotion. What if it's his dad? This, so that would be much more in tune Ooh. with the themes. That That'd be cool. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We're it's a show <laughs> about dads. Everyone. <laughs> the it, theme, wait, how many? You know, how many more episodes do we have? This is too many things Five. to be resolved. We, so many. Well, good thing they're all feature film length at this point. I, yeah. <laughs> I was remember when like the first season you can get through in like an afternoon because they're all 30 minute episodes. Yeah. Now it's like if it's under 55 minutes, I'm like, I have been robbed. <laughs> been bamboozled. <laughs> bamboozled. <laughs> Hoodwinked. Oh, the LA Times did an article. Sorry. Oh, that our Ted Becca Endgame. No. I'm not what is the thing about like not lending um like ability to yes <laughs> i'm worried that we're gonna be what if we're the wrong ones guys? i know that's what why i don't want to write anything about it until this thing is done because i'm not gonna look like a fool i'll talk <laughs> shit all day long and then i can come back and say okay sorry for talking shit yeah, we're... <laughs> like, you can't put that in print <laughs> we're up here on the aircraft carrier with the mission accomplished banner hand hanging behind us and <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> turns out that aircraft carrier is in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> Clicking my red bottom shoes three times. <laughs> three times. Going home right now. Oh. <laughs> wearing wearing my dress that is opened at the chest so that my heart is more accessible to Ted. And my Man United God, scarf is showing just they're the gonna, Ted sign. They're gonna find this podcast. No. We're gonna be. We we don't we don't have that many <laughs> listeners. We're fine. <laughs> patrons do not sell us no, out. We're depending listen, on you. Patrons are steel traps. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, this was great. Y'all are great. Had a lot of fun. Uh, Nicole, where can the people follow you? You can follow me at Twitter at Nicole Auerbach. It's A-U-E-R-B-A-C-H. You can also find me on Instagram and really wherever. You can read my stuff at The Athletic. I'm on the radio, Sirius XM. Um, and I'm also in Alex's and Caroline's text messages a lot. So if you want to hack into their <laughs> phones, I'll be there. <laughs> hack into their Twitter because no one has two-factor verification anymore. Uh, <laughs> Alex, where can the people find you? Uh, at Alex McDaniel on Twitter or at for the win fcw.usatoday.com. Caroline, you can find me at Alex McDaniel one but with a blue <laughs> check mark because I'm going to pay eight dollars to be Alex's burner. Uh, Alex McDaniel, uh, but with, with a one is the L. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna say things like biscuits are terrible. Um, just kidding, I don't believe that at all. Uh, at CW Darney on both Instagram and Twitter. And you'll know it's really me if there's a bunch of dog pictures. That is that is correct. Fact, my fact check true. To be clear. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rain leave a review if you're an Apple podcast. If you want to support the show and ask questions in future Ted Lasso episodes, join the Patreon. If you're a baseball fan, listen to my interview series from Phenom to the Farm that is presented by Baseball America. Friend of this show, Ryan McGee, was on the most recent episode. Great interview with him. A lot of fun there. And as for us and Ted Lasso, we will see you sometime next week because these have no set date. Thanks for listening.